0: Good morning. The blessing be the name of the Lord. This is the day the Lord has made We should rejoice and be glad in it. It is good to see each and every one of you. And I want to thank God that we're getting a little bit of that rain. You know, only in Texas can it be this late in November we still have 70, 80 degree days. Amen? But that's why we live in Texas. Amen? I don't know about you, but I do enjoy that and I do miss that. So I spoke with a, a gentleman from Michigan the other day. And he said, Pastor... It is 33 degrees here. And I was like, no, it's 73 here in Texas. I will stay here. Thank you very much. No way, Jose! Well, good morning. It is so good to see each and every one of you. Welcome to Robertson Avenue Baptist Church. If you are visiting with us this morning, we ask you to take the time to sit up a little visitor card you'll find in front of you. Place an offer. Place that comes around, so we can have a regular visit. We greatly appreciate that. If you're joining us online this morning, we want to welcome you as well. And that you consider being right here in the sanctuary with us and experience what God is doing at Robertson Avenue Baptist Church. Speaking of that, I want to share with you a little bit about our upcoming events. Today is a very busy day, so after service, take a little bit of time and get yourself a lunch and things like that, and you can come back and help us at 3:30. Give out our turkey, Uh, our turkey dinner. Brookhaven Baptist Church is very blessed, very, very blessed to be a part of what God has done in our community. We're going to be able to give away 33 Thanksgiving dinners because of your love, your generosity, and the leading of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. In that. So if you could gather together with us about three thirty to five thirty and help us in that distribution, we would greatly appreciate that. Also, this evening service is at six o'clock, so make sure you come and be a part of that as well. I want to remind you that Monday, very special time is happening. Uh, it'll be the last day of Operation Christmas South collection week. It'll be from nine to eleven, but at eleven o'clock, the truck is going to be loaded up and the truck is going to hit the road to go up to temple. So be there to help us pray. Over those boxes, one last time. And incidentally, after service today, you can still gather with me after service and pray over these shoe boxes. We invite like you to do that as well. But you can also be with us tomorrow in the parking lot at 11 to pray on the truck and pray over the boxes if they're in the truck and as they leave and ask God's blessing on them. You're invited to come be a part of that. Speaking of OCC, today is still collection day. It'll be collected today from. From one to three. So if you're interested in that or signed up to help me, uh, help volunteer in that, so be a part of that as well. All right. I want to remind you that the ladies will not have Bible study this week. I was just told, just came in. You probably heard me on the microphone and said, I got it now. So the ladies will not be having Bible study Tuesday. Uh, and of course, Wednesday, we will not have services here at Rock Family Baptist Church. So staff and family of RABC can have family time. So please enjoy that. Also, throughout the week, the office hours will vary, uh, but we will be open. We won't be open Thursday, of course. We'll be open Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, but it will be uh, altered hours. So I'll uh, be expecting to have some changes in that as we fluctuate right back and forth. Tomorrow, we'll be here for a little while, but I'm going to leave out to attend a funeral. So the office will probably be closed as we uh, drives out with the truck to go to Belton. So office will be closed after 11. And so we'll have... Multiple hours on Tuesdays and Wednesdays as well. So if you need to find out those exact hours, please call the office as the day. And we'll let you know when and where we'll be in and out of the office. It's very All right, with that being said as well, I want to remind you that Ralph Sadduke Baptist Church is doing something very special coming up in December on the 6th. We'll have a Hanukkah celebration. You've always been interested in what Hanukkah is, how that fits inside your Bible. What's that got to do with And you are invited to be a part of that. That's going to be Wednesday at six instead of six thirty. We're going to invite you to come have a meal with us and experience the lighting of the menorah. It's a, not an in-depth Bible study, but it's an neat introductory of what Hanukkah is, where it comes from, how it portrays the end time and the rededication of a temple that doesn't exist anymore. So you're invited to come to be a part of that. No silence necessary. That'll just be Wednesday the six. at six. Come and be a part of that also want to remind you that next Wednesday, not this Wednesday, but next Wednesday, the 29th of November, our family Baptist church will be a part of the Ministerial Alliance Peace of Sherry. So that means our Wednesday night Bible study will be at First Baptist Church Copper where we will partake in that Peace of Sherry, and we'll get a meal there, and we'll have several different preachers uh, preach a message to us from the local churches in the So if you're interested in that, that will be at 6.30 p.m., First Baptist Church, Cove on the 29th. I also want to remind you that if you are interested in help decorating the church for Christmas season coming up, that's going to be the 30th of November at 10 a.m. So please, we can always use your help in that. Really where we need most of the help is putting up the green garden to go on the side of the sanctuary. And so if you're interested in that, you can help. Uh, We would love to see you at 10 on Wednesday. Uh, Yes, Thursday. Thank you very much. Last but not least, I want to remind you that Qantana practice will still be happening today at 430, but we'll be in the sanctuary. Is that right here in the sanctuary? So if you're in the Qantana, you'll be in the sanctuary with your choir books. So I think that's it. for all the that. I've forgotten something. Oh, thank you, ma'am. Processing Center. In the back, you'll find out the foyer, you'll find some posters there, and the posters do have sign-up for going to the Processing Center in Dallas. And so there's a very special day still have some open slots then there December 7th, that processing day will actually have the ability and the privilege of seeing Franklin Graham. He's going to be there in Dallas to do that. So if you're interested in that, still some room there, sign up in that. Of course, there's other days you can sign up as well and go, and you can actually be a part of shipping those two boxes out from the Dallas Processing Center. It's going to be a wonderful time. Betsy and I get to go this year, and we are excited about that. So perfectly consider being a part of that. However, if I remember correctly, today's the last day to sign up for that. One more week. So, but today's the last day to. Okay. Okay, got it right there. So, sign up as soon as possible. All right. Thank you very much, BJ. In that. All right. Let's do another announcement. One more. Five, three times full. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. And pray. after we pray, please rise and welcome one another. Father God, I come to down In Jesus' name, and I'm could be in your house this morning, would you bless us? Would you touch us with your Holy Spirit? Would you use us today, Lord, to worship you and to give you praise, honor, and glory? I pray that you touch each man's heart. You open each every heart, Lord, and I pray that your will will be done in each and every life here today. Bless those Lord God that are not with us this morning, those who do not see them well, and those Lord God that are out traveling. Let them know they're love, they're prayed for, and bring them safely back again to it. Go with the as we worship you. And once again, Lord, may we worship you in truth and spirit, give you all the praise, honor, and glory. And we pray. Amen. God, please rise up one another. If you would, please find your way back to your seats. We have a short Operation Christmas Child video we'd love for you to see. Right now, we're in Charlotte, North Carolina at Operation Christmas Child, the processing center. Samaritans First would not be able to do Operation Christmas Child without this army of volunteers that come and give their time hour after hour.
1: It's like working with family. We're thankful and it's a blessing. It's not a job, it's a ministry, is what it is. As a true pastor to the end, to see those volunteers coming and giving them their time, not only now, but all year round, it blesses you so much because they are the ones that make my story and millions of stories possible.
0: Souls are being saved and the Lord is receiving the glory. So, to God, I'm, I'm about to cry, please. And today we're just going to thank God,
1: we're going to dedicate these boxes. I am thrilled to be with you celebrating 25 years of bringing good news and great joy to children around the world through Operation Christmas Child. We for these boxes now, we dedicate them to you. They are yours, that so you will use them as a tool to share the gospel. I saw clearly how God used a shoebox gift to not only answer my prayers, but to show me His love when I most needed
0: it. Every box is an opportunity to tell a child about God's Son, Jesus Christ. And we want every child to know that God loves us, that He sent His Son from heaven to this earth for our sins. I want to say to all of you, not only God bless you, but Merry Christmas. Thank you so much. God bless Good morning. Very nice to see one of you. have your Bibles with you. Turn to please the first testimonial. moment, saying, happy Thanksgiving to every one of you. Some of you I'll see this evening, so I'll get to say it again. Some of you I will not see till next Sunday and Thanksgiving will be over. So happy turkey day. And that would most of us think about Thanksgiving a Thank no out there. No, I'm a I'm a chicken guy. What this is this Texas? You know what Texas Proper to have enchiladas on the Thanksgiving table, amen? Tamales, enchiladas, brisket. <laughs> only in Texas, praise God. The title of one of message A Thankful Thanksgiving. A thankful Thanksgiving. With that being said, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Let's give him thanks this morning, Our Father in heaven. Oh, how do we thank you. We thank you for being our creator. We thank you for being our sustainer. I want to thank you that your name is a strong and mighty power. And I pray, Lord, that every saint right now would run into that shelter, Lord. And I pray that we would be inside, Thank you this morning. I pray even now, Lord, for Israel. I pray, Lord, for those around. I pray for the hostages, Lord God. And I pray that your will will be done. And I pray, Father God, that you reach out and touch them, Lord. Let them know they're Christian brothers. They're praying for them. I pray, Lord, that you'd open their eyes and open their hearts, Lord, that they would return to the Messiah and Jesus Christ. And I'm asking you to, to reach out and move in their hearts, and Bless them and show them that you are the way, the truth, and the life. Right. Would you go with us now as we look into your words, Lord? We give you much thanks. Thank you for your words, Lord. We ask you to speak to us, open our hearts, Lord. There'd be anyone need them to, to know your Lord, to you person. Lord, and say this morning, and do that. Good. We bless you and we praise you in Jesus' name. A thankful Thanksgiving. Oh, well, it is Thanksgiving time, probably, you probably know. Getting ready for it. If you have it and you're somewhere on your calendar, you I can't believe it's that close to Thanksgiving you haven't been shopping lately. That's
1: without right now.
0: I think it's hilarious, you know. In fact, there's very little about Thanksgiving. They were already doing Christmas time, amen. If you're in the Morrison house, and some of you were there last night. You know, my wife is already playing Christmas music, right? <laughs> and that's okay. That's that's messy for you right there. She loves Christmas music. It is her favorite season. What's my favorite season? Hanukkah. And you better believe it. Hanukkah time is my favorite. But you know what it means for Thanksgiving time? Yeah, I said it. You know what it means? It means that you only have about one month till Christmas. That's what it means. And we're supposed to give thanks, though, during this time. But so most of us start panicking in this time frame. Oh, my goodness, I got that last minute Christmas shopping to do. Oh, my goodness, where am I going to be? Where am I going to go? How do I contact it? Is it going to get here in time if I order it now? You know, somewhere down the line, somewhere down the line, our Thanksgiving just kind of degenerated into something like this. It's coming.
1: <laughs> that's alright
0: somewhere down the line Thanksgiving moved from from just being thankful and just being grateful where all we think about now is what's on the table I can tell you right now that's not a Baptist table there's no devil eggs on it some of you say oh, there's a bottle of wine there in, in the middle. middle wow that's not that is sparkling
1: greatness isn't it
0: <laughs> you know, I was listening to a sermon yesterday, and i got to share this. I love the laugh. So The Bible tells me, a merry heart doeth good like a Madison. But so I want to share with you a laugh that I had yesterday. I was listening to a, a preacher from the 1980s, and, and he sent me an t- actual cassette tape, and we had to put it on a, a player and record it on the MP3 so I can listen to it in my truck and, and put it on a flash drive right there. Um So it's got lots of white noise and clicks and taps and pops in it from that old cassette tape. And anyway, what he said was there are three great wow. lies in this world. He's a Baptist, so he in fun of Baptists. And you know what? I feel comfortable making fun of bad this morning because we are Baptists. Right, Amen. So if we can't laugh at ourselves, then we got a problem. What he said: these are the three greatest lies in the world. He said, number one, the one number one greatest lie in the world is I'm from the government and I'm here to help. <laughs> number two. Number two. The greatest lie in the world is three. Number three, where the Baptist preacher says, and smile. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, I had a good time with that. Dr. C was his name. I was feeling down working at that moment. So I put a smile on my face and, and I was going around all day yesterday and just kind of chuckling to myself. Somewhere down the line, Thanksgiving just came with that. That's all we do now. Yeah. And, in fact, we go shopping for it. And that's what Thanksgiving has become. It's become that day. I, I was out shopping yesterday with Betsy. And there were people elbowing each other and bumping each other out of the way and intimidating each other with the little student so they could get for what's on sale with some of the end caps. And I'm thinking, there are plenty of marshmallows, ladies. There are plenty. In fact, what's funny is they always have so much left over. They go on sale after Thanksgiving. Somewhere down the line of Thanksgiving just became about what you can put on the table. You know what else, though? Thanksgiving can also be times of family fighting, times of prejudice, times of controversy. Now, before my family became Christian, that was enormous. It's amazing. And you know, I, I don't know why. I can't really explain it. I'm not a psychologist or anything like that. But years and years of looking back, was, why is that a time of fighting for us? I would imagine because of tell me stress put on the family to divide, to get everything perfect, to get everything ready. And then, it's like the straw that breaks the camel's back. Somebody comes in and says, this deviled egg isn't good enough. And that's really what it works the In fact, I got a photograph of y'all, of me, in the year 2015, where my family hurt my feelings. great right? badly. I me mean, look at that
1: <laughs> That's me
0: being removed from family Thanksgiving dinner after eating all those deviled eggs.
1: <laughs>
0: oh, God is good. Amen. It is nice to laugh in the house of the Lord. My Bible tells me a merry heart doeth well, like a madison. And some of us need a laugh, some of us have been under some stress. Some of us are trying our best to meet those in lines, those deadlines. And some of us got family coming in. I know that I'm preaching, not to the choir, but I'm preaching to you this morning. Perhaps you're online and I'm preaching to you as well. You got that family coming in, and you're sitting down in your armchair and you're and You're saying, Lord, do I have to deal with her again this year? You know what I'm talking about. Am I talking to you this morning? And you know your Thanksgiving is no longer thankful, but it's a can I make it through? the year 2023 without pulling her hair out. Am I talking to you this morning? Don't say amen. Don't say amen. Perhaps you're that guy sitting there, if I listen to him and his politics one more time at my Thanksgiving dinner table, I'm going to throw him out on his ear. Or perhaps you're one of those that says, if i got to listen to him, make fun of the cowboys again. <laughs> the amen or oh me. So what Thanksgiving has become. When really, though, Thanksgiving is a time of
1: being thankful.
0: So how do we get back to being thankful? How do we get back to being what we're supposed to be? So in order to do that, I think it's really important to us to look at what Thanksgiving really does. Thanksgiving wasn't about big turkeys, even though they may have had one there. It wasn't about how much food you could put on the table. It was about being able to put food on the table. It was about saying, "God, look what you did. God, look how you provided. God, you took us through the hardest time in our life, and you made us survive." How do we get back to effect? You know, if you go to other countries and you mention Thanksgiving, they say, "Yeah, I know something about that," but most of them don't. Well, I was in Poland. They asked me about America Thanksgiving. I said, "Unless you're in the United States for Thanksgiving, you don't know what you're talking about." Because only in the United States, and we have luxuries like canned jelly and berries sauce. That's right. That's right. Well, the Bible gives us instructions on how to get back to being thankful. So let's look to see if we can put these to work in our lives this morning. And incidentally, I want you to be a little bit thankful. I'm going to try to let you out a little bit early this morning so you can get started on your Thanksgiving week. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Look at me in verses 16 to 18. The Bible says, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God. in Christ For you. Well, is that what it takes to get back to being thankful? Then let's take a look at that. one sentence. One sentence that the Apostle Paul writes the church in Bethlehem. He says, Rejoice always. He says, pray without ceasing. He says, give thanks in all things. This is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. After looking this time, time, saying, I want to know what God's will is for me. Well, you just heard it. Give thanks. To rejoice always, though, that's where we're going to start, point number one this morning. To rejoice always, we're we'll getting back to being thankful. You're going to be truly thankful this Thanksgiving. You've got to start rejoicing you know, there's something about a merry heart. There's something about that guy, that gal, that church member that is always rejoicing. There is something about that Christian that is always happy. Have you met that guy before? I'm talking about him. I'm talking about you. I'm talking about that Christian that can smile when the world is falling apart. I'm talking about that Christian that can smile when the boss is breathing down the neck. That Christian that can smile even though that family coming in. They were like, well, I can't take them one more year. So how do you rejoice then, always, said the Apostle Paul. Rejoice always. Well, to rejoice always, you, as a Christian, need to find a reason to rejoice. And I know that some of you are looking at me surprised this morning. You know something? We've been looking in the wrong place to find rejoicing. We think joy could come from whether or not our football team wins on Thursday. We think joy should come whether or not our baseball team won the World Series. We think joy should come from our NASCAR driver. Our joy should come from whether or not we saved so much money the holiday season. That's not where joy comes from. Joy comes from the Lord. Joy comes Let me say that again. Joy comes from the Lord, and so you need to get yourself back to a point where your joy is focused in the right place. If you're putting joy on something worldly, no wonder it doesn't last. Can I get an amen or me this morning? If you are one of those that only rejoices when good things happen to you in the world, then that's why your joy gets, take, gets taken away. Because you're putting it into places it doesn't really belong. You're putting it on things that aren't going to last. They are temporary. You need to put it on something that's eternal. Am I preaching to the choir this morning? In fact, you might be online this morning saying, I've been looking for a place where I can get back to rejoicing, get back to being happy. Well let me tell you something, brother or sister. Get your joy back in the Lord and you'll find yourself rejoicing again. grabs I'm talking to you this morning in the pews this morning. He said, I can't Get rejoicing again. I can't be happy anymore. I can't get back to that time that place where everything made me happy. Well, you know what? Your focus is off of the Lord and it's on the things of the world. Get it off of the things of the world and back on the Lord and nobody in this world can take their joy from you. Look with me in Philippians chapter 4. Let's read verses 3 to 4 here. Remember, we're talking about a thankful Thanksgiving and we're talking about being back to a thankful Christian, we're talking about that. The Apostle Paul gives us some hints there, gives us some advice. He says, you need to understand the will of God, and the will of God is that you give thanks in God, Christ Jesus. You need to thank God all the time. In fact, he says that always, always be thankful. So let's find out how we do that here. How do we get that to rejoicing? If you want to be thankful, you've got to start rejoicing. Look at me in Philippians 4, verses 3 to 4 here. This is the Apostle Paul to right the Church of Philippi. He says, I urge you also, true companion, help these women who labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and the rest of my fellow workers, whose names are in the life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. For that's the verse we quote all the time, Philippians 4 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, we got a song on it. You ever sing that song? Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. You're not singing with me again. You're supposed to be singing with me. <laughs> There's a rejoice in the bag Amen. Here's my point, though. Did you catch it? In verse 3, the Apostle Paul is telling the church in Philippi, hey, you have got to help me with these two ladies who are always arguing, always fighting. By the way, you need to get a hold of Clement. And you guys need to start agreeing. Why? Because your name is written in the book of life. That, listen to me now, that's how you rejoice. You take your focus off the things of the world and you put it back on the things of the Lord. You should be able to rejoice no matter what's happening in the world because your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Look with me again in verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. How can you do that? Because your name is written in the in the book of life. Let's take a little bit deeper and talk about a thankful Thanksgiving now. Why are they rejoicing? Why is Clement rejoicing? Why are these two ladies who are fighting rejoicing? Is that possible? The two ladies who are arguing rejoice about anything? I heard a yes and a no. The one who said no is not married. <laughs> Why are they rejoicing? Because their names are written in the book of life. That's our reason. Now listen to me, Christian. That's our reason for rejoicing, because your name is written in the book of life. If you are written up in the Lamb's book of life, then there's nothing this world can do to take that away. Are you hearing me this morning? That's the whole point of rejoicing. That's the whole point of being thankful. Do you want to know why you should be thankful in God? in Christ Jesus? Because he took your name and he wrote it in the Lamb's book of life. That's where you're at this morning. Then you know what? You have reason to rejoice. You may not feel like rejoicing. Incidentally, rejoice is not. Listen to me. Rejoice is not a fuzzy, warm feeling. Rejoice is not laughing. If that's the case, every time the three just came off, people would say, Pastor's rejoicing." No, I'm laughing. There's a big difference. You know, you're catching it here. You know, some of you cracked up uh, when we sang in the choir this morning. That's not rejoicing. That's poking fun at us. Here's the deal, though. And here's what I'm getting at. Rejoice because your name is written in the book of life, and if you can truly find joy and contentment in that, then there's nothing this world can take away from you. We're talking about having a thankful Thanksgiving. If you want to be thankful this morning, put your focus back on the things of the Lord. Number one, He is the one who saves. Can I get amen this morning? That's our reason. That's our reason this morning. Let's take a look here in Luke chapter 10, verses 17 to 20. 17 to 20. We're talking about rejoicing. We're talking about a thankful Thanksgiving. And Paul gave us that advice in First Thessalonians, he said, "Rejoice always." You want to be thankful? Start rejoicing. Let's find out how we rejoice. We looked at Philippians. Philippians gave us a hint. You rejoice because your name's written in the book of life. Look at me in verse 17 here of Luke chapter 10. Then the seventy returned with joy. Whoa! These guys returned with joy. But you know you can rejoice over things that aren't heavenly? That's right. We rejoice when the Cowboys win. Say amen. We rejoice when the Rangers win. I was waiting for tomatoes to come flying up here. Do you rejoice when the Astros win? And I got the amen section saying amen there. The 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. They rejoice you because things are going good. He said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. And incidentally, I want to tell you right now, as a Baptist, we know exactly where Satan fell. He fell right in the sound booth, did he? <laughs> he? fell right there. <laughs> Look at verse 19. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Me. Nevertheless, do not rejoice. Don't rejoice in this, that the Spirit's are subject to you. But rather rejoice because the name is written in heaven. Now you need to think about that for a second. Do you want to have a faithful Thanksgiving? Then you need to start rejoicing that your name is in heaven. You need to start rejoicing that that cousin that you can't stand is a Christian. You need to start rejoicing that that sister that's coming to bother you, that sister-in-law, that brother-in-law that's coming to annoy you with their youth. Are born again, blood bought Christians, and listen to me now. If they're not, then your mission that they given is a win on the cross. Nevertheless, don't rejoice in this. But the spirit is subject to you. See See the difference. Those Christians who rejoice only when things go good, when demons are subject to them, and what we call subjective.
1: Christians.
0: These Christians are only happy when things are going well. They're only happy when the bills are paid. They're only happy when their body's not hurting. Only happy when they don't have any problems whatsoever. The moment they have a little problem, they're on their knees, they're crying, they're screaming, they're coming to somebody saying, Help me, help me, help me. Somebody understand, somebody give me a way out. Do you know that Christian? Like that's how most of us Thanksgiving nowadays. I just need a way out, I just need a time out, I need a moment.
1: Nevertheless,
0: says Jesus, don't rejoice the Spirit's a spiritual subject to you. Don't be subject to Christians that described your walk with Jesus this morning? Am I talking to you? You're online this morning and you're saying, Pastor, you're reading my mail. Let me tell you something. Get up off your couch. Get into the sanctuary. Get out of your laziness. Get into the spirit and get busy in the kingdom of God. I'm telling you, and y'all better listen to me now. He's coming back and he's coming back soon and I want him to hear I want to hear him say, well done now good and faithful sir. And I want you to hear that as well. Come on now, get back in the family of God. So here's the picture, though. Jesus is telling them. Nevertheless, don't rejoice because things are going good. Because incidentally, what happens when things go bad? We stop rejoicing and not we are things going to go bad. Welcome to life. Welcome to life. You ever been married more than five minutes? Something's going to go wrong. That means amen in the Baptist church. It does. It does. Ever been, you ever been employed? Sooner or later, one of your co workers or your boss is going to annoy you. They are going to make you downright angry. You ever been in church for a long period of time? Some church member is going to get on your nerves. True. It happens. We are human beings, we have different views, different opinions different understandings, but we've got something in common that you can rejoice about. Do you know? You can rejoice over this no matter what's going on in the world. You can rejoice that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Now, look here what Jesus says. He says, don't rejoice if things are going good. Don't rejoice because demons are subject to you. Rather, rejoice because your names are written in heaven. That's not a subject of Christian. That's an object of Christian. See, what happens here is Jesus is telling them, is take your focus off of good things and put it on heaven. Make heaven the object of your rejoicing and there's nothing in this world that can take your joy away. you want to have a thankful thanksgiving? Then make heaven the object of your rejoicing. you want to have a thankful thanksgiving? Make God who you're thankful to. Not Washington, D.C. Make God who you're thankful to. Not the Dallas Cowboys. Make God who you're thankful to. Not your sports team your political views. Nevertheless, says Jesus, don't rejoice when things are going good. And rejoice in your names are written in heaven. You know what else Paul says 1 Thessalonians 5, 17. He says, pray without ceasing. That's the next part of that. It says, pray without ceasing. That's the hardest part for a Christian. We like Bible study. We like Bible reading. We like Bible preaching. We like gospel singing. We're like laughing in the house of God. I'll prove that this morning, amen? However, prayer time is the hardest part you know, know why? Because it's got a picture of a person over there that's the pray without speaking said Paul. You want to be thankful? You want to get down to the point where you give thanks to God always in Christ Jesus? You need to understand. And you know, we can pull out the hermeneutics. We can pull out the in depth teaching and say, that means to be always in a secret. Don't say it's the Bible. Pray, 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 pray. That's true. That's the way we should be. But you know what? Most people tell me when they come in my office to confess, I don't know what to pray about. And I sit down with them and I give them a dose of reality. All you got to do is turn on the news. To pray about. There is. To one right now, you say, I don't know what to talk to God about. Let's talk to him about Israel. Let's talk to him about Ukraine. Let's talk to him about the homosexual agenda that is taking over our country like a cancer. Let's talk about the immoral movement throughout our country. Let's talk about the movement to cast out all authority. Let's talk about this movement of anarchy. There is plenty to pray about, and there's non stop prayer. You know, we're in a battle, Christian. We're in a battle. You know what the name of the battle is? the battle of the blanket. Most of us would rather go on the bed than seek God in urgent prayer for this world. You know what you need to do, Christian? You want to be thankful this Thanksgiving? Grab that blanket. Take it captive. Rip it off of the bed. You might be like, well, what about my wife? Grab it anyways and rip it right off of there. And you and her get down together and pray together for this world. God knows we need some praying Christians again. We need to get back to praying now. Pray for the lost. Pray for those that are found, but are not in God's will. Pray for God's churches to get a fire back in them. Pray for God's people to go back out evangelizing. Pray for God's people to be able to win the loss, to know what to say, how to say it, when to say it. Pray, pray, pray. Why? Because well, that's how we come. Well, God doesn't answer my prayers. That's because you ain't praying enough. When you start praying enough, you'll find out God's answering a bunch of them. Come on now praying without ceasing. What does that mean, Pastor? i got a problem with things to pray. You know what that's a picture of? you got a problem not knowing what to pray, how to pray, what i say. saying. That you got a relationship problem. I want to bring to you a teacher teaching <laughs> you need know, sake. I love to poke fun at my family. And I love to poke fun at my wife. And I love to poke fun at me. But you know what happens? You go a day or two without talking to you. Think about that. God said, hey, the church is my bride. You are my bride. Imagine what it would be like to be in a marriage where that people don't talk to each other. How about one where they don't touch each other? You need to be in an attitude of prayer. Everywhere you must. Praying about something. Coming across some sort of subject matter to pray about. I'm going to pray about that. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for this. I'm going to pray for that. And you know something? Don't just jot it down. Pray for it. You'll find yourself praying without ceasing. Ah! The problem with prayers are with the Spirit of God. See, when a Christian gets in the head, then the prayer time becomes really hard. When a Christian refuses to see what's happening in the world around them, then their prayer life suffers. When they become self-centered, when they become everything is hunky-dory in my little world, then they realize to about. Start finding out what's happening in the world. Find out how the global church is being you right now. Find out that in other countries, and you know this breaks my heart, in other countries, let me give you one right now China. They go to church, and some of are at church Sunday morning, and they walk 10, 12 miles to get to church. We won't go to church unless it's five minutes away. We won't go to church unless it's air conditioned, unless it has a microphone, or unless it has guitars, a piano, or a wonderful singing in it. They go to church early in the morning and they walk and pray that they don't get captured on the way to church. They walk and pray saying, hopefully they don't find out where our underground hidden church is. And they gather together and they sing in the silence. And they pray silently. And they worship together and they go home fearing that perhaps somebody just week will say, I'm a little church. What if you want to church like that? Most of us are already looking at our watches. Pastor's hour is almost up. Almost up. They go to church all day long, on Some of them stay there 10, 12, 13 hours. No food. Walk home and give thanks to God. And give thanks to God. You know what? Our focus is changed dramatically. Our focus needs to be in our name. On whether or not good things happen. I'll also tells us in the book of 1st 1 5. you have a thankful Thanksgiving, so this is God's will to give thanks to God in Christ. In all things.
1: You heard me in all
0: things. When's the last time you thanked God for waking up? When's the last time you thanked Him for the clothing? When's the last time you thank them for being able to put on fucks, shoes, coats, ties, cologne, to be able to brush your teeth? Calm your head. To look in the mirror to calm your head. To say, God, you gave me these eyes that I can see with, these ears that I can hear with, the nose that I can smell with. Give God thanks for you How know. do we become thankful? one you need to start rejoicing. Number two, you need to become a prayerful teacher. And number three, you need to give thanks to God in Christ Jesus for all. Everything. Not just for the good things. Not just for the incredible things. Not just for the wonderful, miraculous things. And incidentally God is too in the miracles of I don't care what you like. I can tell you something, thank God for anything. For everything. And look at me in two verse twenty. Apostle Paul, you want to know the secret to being thankful? You want to know the secret to being rejoicing and praying all the time? Look at be a verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ. That's what to this I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul says, I am no longer me. It's Christ. Who lives in me. I've been crucified to this world, and the world has been crucified to me. It's dead to me, and I'm dead to the world. In other words, this world doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, because I, I don't live here anymore. This world has got my home. It's like the song says, take this world and give me Jesus. That's so what Paul talks about. It. Want to thank you? That's Christ, means blessing. The guy is what to see about of blessing. He sees destruction. He sees punishment. He sees God in the such. So on three. This is twenty one twenty three. This is what the prophet was This got how call to my mind. Therefore, I have hope. Remember now, He's surrounded by suffering, by burning buildings, by destroying areas. Verse 22, Through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed. Let me tell you this guy I knew what he was like to be God in Christ Jesus Christ. He knew what it was like to rejoice always. He didn't want to seem like there was a reason to rejoice. What's the end of verse 22? Through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed. You want to talk about an optimist? There he is right there. Because we're alive. We can rejoice that God didn't you because of the compassion. They fail in life. They are new every morning. Great is God's faithful. You ever sing that promise. Steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercy is new every morning. Great is God's safety. That's this morning. You've heard written in the book of life. You, to do that. you to come to Jesus. The Bible tells you that get the you believe in your heart. That's with your mouth. The Lord Jesus said, Jesus is Lord. That's how i to do that to say, Pastor Joshua, I am a Christian, but I need to be a part of a church you that. Have say, Brother Joshua, it's time for me to be Perhaps you say, Pastor, I'm not a thankful Christian." Oh, I'm born again. Oh, I'm blood-bought. Oh, I'm redeemed. But I'm not right. You want to be right this morning. You willing to come and put Jesus in your heart and get your relationship right this morning? Whatever the case may be, we're going to give you an opportunity to come. Let's pray together. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. Know how we thank you, Lord, for your Word. Your Word is quick and in its power. And it is sharper than in its Q-8-4. And i say right now, Lord, you will speak to us. you cut down into our hearts and our lives. Anyone that needs to come to know you, especially the Lord and Savior, anyone, Lord God, needs to get their to walk right through it to you, or anyone, Lord God, needs to, yeah, need to get cut to watch the man who save you that day. We bless you and give you the praise, the honor, and glory because Jesus came
1: you.
0: As he comes, we say, turn your
1: eyes.
0: To make him object of your readbook. Thank you. God, I love that name. I think it's a beautiful name. Aliyah comes this morning. She says, I need to put Jesus in my heart. <laughs> we're gonna pray for her and support her in that decision. Did you say amen? We're gonna see what God does with you and we're gonna ask God to continue to bless you and need you and what you you'd grow and you for time I think we're we'll seeing that you have to. Right amen. Put Jesus in their heart this morning as well. You're gonna love him, support him, pray for him as you say amen. Yeah. God bless you in anyway. that. I can't wait to see what God does with you. And I can't wait to see you up in that baptism one day. Y'all pray for these two, and watch what God does. But well, let me tell you something. Just a couple of weeks ago, we started praying about God using I used Now we have two of these young ladies. you pray with me, see what Father God does. Not only that, but pray. Let's close in that word of prayer. And yes, I'm letting you out early today, but don't forget it. <laughs> don't make sure y'all hug your necks as, as you leave. Let's close that word of prayer. And I'm going to ask this you later, God this afternoon. God bless you all. Shalom.